This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. the bonus drome where we're just doing a bonus episode for everybody my name is Millie DeCherico I'm Danielle Henderson and this is I Saw What You Did a podcast that uh, you know talks about film we're doing this intro completely out of order I just realized it doesn't matter what do you mean like I think I said hey everybody welcome to the bonus drome my name is Millie you're Danielle this is I Saw What You Did yeah, it's all right. It was just, bonus, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, I don't care. <laughs> but to people who are really, like, particular about needing things to be, like, lined up properly, y'all are going to get rocked. Change is but, good. Uh, yeah, there you go. What's happening? Uh, nothing's happening with me. I'm wondering if, if we're, we're out of order because you're in the brain fog of COVID. Oh, yeah. We definitely are, by the way. Like, I, Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> I finally got COVID. I mean, I think <laughs> I posted about it on social media because I was being such a baby about it. Um, I, yeah, I finally got COVID. I was four years after uh, it really hit. And uh, I thought I was immune forever. And I guess I wasn't. I know exactly where I got it from. This is wild to me. Yeah, I know exactly where I got it from. So, I'm, all I'm saying is college, colleges and universities are disgusting. And the people that go to them need to start acting right in terms of co- not coming to class when, you, when you're sick. Like, if you have <laughs> symptoms, and it doesn't even really matter what it is, you don't even know it yet, you should just wear a mask. If you, if yeah. you have to come, just wear a mask. Um, but don't come to class completely symptomatic and be like, hey guys, uh, I'll be right back. I gotta go run to my office to get a cough drop because I'm sick. You know, I was sitting here literally thinking when this person did this, I was like, do they have COVID? They seem like they have it. <laughs> and they have an office, so we know what kind of person this is. Yes. And then cut to four days later, we get a group message saying, hey, I got COVID. I'm like, no shit, dude. <laughs> and by the way, we are multiple floors deep into this giant high rise in downtown Atlanta, no air circulation. The heat is on blast. So it is just this incubator for for disease just generally. And I was like, oh my God. And the symptoms came on super fast. I don't know if that was your experience when you got COVID from Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) From the drive-thru, I think, of Dunkin' Donuts. Just (laughs) passing through someone else's COVID fog. (laughs) <laughs> well, I tried to pay for my fucking... Did it come on fast for you when it, when you got it? No, I didn't even... I did not even think that I had it because it felt the way it feels like when I have allergies. Like I had yeah. a mild sore throat that progressively felt like knives over the next few days. But for like two, three days, I just had a light sore throat 
and carried on as usual, which thankfully was inside my house yeah. and wearing a mask when I was outside because I still masked up longer than most. And I still mask up now. Like my grandma's nursing home doesn't require masks anymore. And I was like, fuck you. I'm wearing a mask every time. You think I want to yeah. get pat sick, even with a cold or RSV? Those people are fragile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very smart. Yeah. So for me, it was just like very mild. And then it, I'm like, oh, this feels worse. Like it was mild. And then all of a sudden it was like after three or four days, it was just knives in my throat and I was so tired. Oh, man. The tiredness. I don't even know what to say about it. Now that I've had it, it, it really has hit me like just how fucked up this thing is like, I was like, oh yeah, for the, yeah. like, I just sort of knew that it was generally like ruining the world and changing all of our lives. And, you know, it'd be like the most, you know, destructive medical event of our lifetime or something. But now that I've had it, I'm like, holy shit. Like you just like fall into a hole for two weeks. Like you're just like in a black hole. And you had it post vaccine. Imagine having it the OG, like oh. you were the first person to get COVID. Oh, I know. I told, that's what I told my mom and dad, because I've, I've gotten literally every booster that they've offered. So basically yeah. I've had a booster, a shot every six months since the booster or the vaccines existed. And I still felt like absolute shit. So I was like, I probably would have died. Let's get serious. I probably would have died if I hadn't had COVID raw. Damn. I know. I mean, there's just like weird shit to think about. I'm like, no, this is like terrible. And like, it came on super fast. And it was literally like, the morning that I woke up, I was like feeling good, sort of. I mean, I, I don't know, like it was Saturday afternoon and I was like kind of running around town running errands because I didn't realize I was sick. Super spreader, super spreader event. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> and uh, then I came home and it was like the minute I got, got home from my errands, I was like, man, I feel weird. I feel really weird. I think I'm going to take some Tylenol and maybe some Sudafed, maybe a sinus infection is coming on. And then I was like, you know what? For shits and gigs, let's just fucking take a test. Let's just see what's going on with the test. And then, yeah, positive. Positive, like instantly positive, like no question. And I was like, I can't believe I finally got this shit. And then it was, I've been in a black hole ever since. That that was also very surprising to me is like I was used to testing because again, like I would test Every single time I went and see my grandma, they have tests available, thankfully, at her facility. So I was constantly COVID testing yeah. and getting a negative result. When I had it, positive lights up like a goddamn beacon. It's like immediate. Like there's yeah. no fucking bones about it. It is positive. That freaked me the fuck out when I first yeah, saw those, that second line. Because I'm like, I'm yeah. used to seeing no line here. Oh, yeah. Like, And there were members all the times where I was sick. And I would test and not get that second line. Yep. And I'd just be like, man, I'm never getting this thing. This is fucking great. That's what I want to know is how do you feel about your new status as a regular old human? Because <laughs> I've been thinking this bitch is superhuman. <laughs> you run around these streets, you're traveling, like not masking, you're everywhere. And I'm like, she is superhuman. So how does it feel to join the ranks of us chumps? <laughs> chumps. I'm a chump now. <laughs> yeah, I feel in a weird way, it's kind of a relief in the sense that I had just been steady avoiding it. So I was kind of like, okay, well, now that I've had it and now I feel like, I don't know, I'll, I don't have to have that question of whether or not yeah. I'd actually had it. It's like, no, nah, I know I had it. But then I, I got freaked out. I mean, quite honestly, I got freaked out. And I was like, because the biggest symptom that I had in the first like 48 hours was a super high fever. 
Yeah. Like 102, 103 at one point. And fevers are no bueno for me. I, yeah. I'm very, very triggered by fevers because that was, you know, kind of the thing that was happening when I had septic shock. So I, yeah. you know, have trained myself to be very, like, hypervigilant when it comes to fevers. And I have, I realized that I have four thermometers in my house. Not a surprise. Yeah. And that is totally <laughs> from the hospital stay five years ago. And it was like, and I'd use them all and then just get an average reading. Um Shit. Yeah. So, but I, my fever was super high and I was, and I was having the craziest chills. And so I just was freaked out. Cause I was like, man, how sick am I going to get knowing yeah. that's also viral? No, you know, like sort of the, I guess the common tactic is to ride it out unless you get, you know, Paxlovid or whatever. Yeah. Which I had a doctor's appointment on the fourth day to get Paxlovid. Right. And by that time, my fever had broken. My doctor was like, you know, I think you're on the mend. If you think you don't want to take it, I don't know. I think you're fine. Plus, you've been boosted so many times that yeah. you're not necessarily going to have to worry about long COVID, even though, you know, you never know. But so she was just like, you don't have to take it if you don't want to. And now I'm wondering, I should just, if I get it again, which I don't want it again, period. This fucking sucks. I don't want COVID ever again. Um if I should take Paxlovid, like, immediately. Yeah. And that might have helped, you know? I've never taken it, but I've had friends who have had it in the last year or so who have taken it, and they say it helps a lot. But I think because of the antidepressants that I'm on, I'm not a, I'm not able to take it. It's like when you're on certain medications. But if you're able to take it, I think it helps a yeah. lot. Yeah. Oh, there was, like, a drug interaction issue for me, too. So, yeah, it's not... You know, like you take it sometimes. I mean, they're they a friend of mine was like, Yeah, they told me not to take these vitamins that I take because it interacts with it. So, yeah, it's not you know an absolute like foolproof cure all, it has issues, plus, it gives you side effects, yeah, and you know, that kind of stuff, which is always a thing. But you know, I don't know. I just to me, I got sick, which is it was not mild. It was like pretty, I got pretty sick. And then I just have this lingering congestion, which is driving me Oof. fucking crazy, dude. I got to say, though, like a true champion during this week that you've been sick, you also recorded an ad for the podcast. <laughs> and if anyone goes back and listens to the Magic Spoon ad from a couple of weeks ago and you're like, who is this? That was Millie. Full COVID. <laughs> <laughs> like a champion doing an ad. Who is but this like, boy? <laughs> no, I, I, I listened to the episode and was like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's I, me. I totally <laughs> threw me for a fucking loop. Dude, I told Tom, Tom Breifogel, our amazing uh, engineer, <laughs> and he he's done he did the theme song for our podcast, right? Danielle mentions his name at the end, every episode. <laughs> I said to him, I was like, I have COVID. Can you make me sound like I don't have COVID? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Somewhere in the mix, he's like, no. He was like, this woman sounds like shit and there's nothing to do. But like when I asked someone to take a picture of me and I'm like, don't get my neck rolls. And they're like, well, you have neck rolls. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> well, you are fat. What do you want me to do? <laughs> 
there's only so much we can, only so much magic we can sprinkle here. I know, it's true. And like, so anyway, that's it. If you're wondering who that stranger was, that was me. Um, I was like, then, is Karen doing our ads? <laughs> like, it sounded like a total, like, is that Karen Karen, Karen doing our ads? Because <laughs> it sounded like sultry, like the way that Ooh. she's like, this is exactly right. And I'm like, who is doing this? <laughs> she pop it in. <laughs> Sultry. I know. I was like, I was talking to my friend the other day, and and when I was my, I mean, I'm still congested, but I was really, I sounded really, really deep back when I did that magic spoon ad, and he was like, "This is like a new you. You sound like very sexy." And I'm like, "Do I sound like I'm about to sell you Hidden Valley Ranch dressing or something? Like what?" Like, you sounded <laughs> like like a 1990s 800 number commercial. <laughs> You're like, join Club USA to talk to singles in your area. <laughs> Pick up the phone. <laughs> well, you don't sound like it now. So now you just sound like a horror film creep. Pick yeah, now I'm just a fucking nerd. Back to being a stupid nerd. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, I'm hot. I'm a hot lady. <laughs> well, listen, I, I oh love this God. podcast. I would do it during COVID. And uh, that is that. Absolutely like, amazing. Yeah. And, and listen, I um, like I said, I feel like if you're out there and you've not had it and you don't want it, you should mask up and do the <laughs> things that you were told to do for four fucking years. Wash your hands. Don't get it. It's I'm telling you as somebody who avoided it forever and then finally got it, it fucking sucks. Don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah. Are you going to mask up in class now? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that I, building like, sounds like a fucking incubator. <laughs> listen, I, I, I had to return to the scene of the crime <laughs> last night. And I, I was like, I'm wearing a mask and I'm sitting away from all these fuckers. Oh and my like, God. I feel like I, I made a statement, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I was like, y'all did this to me. Y'all did this to me. So. Holy shit. Well, I'm glad that you're on the mend. Thank I'm you. glad that you got out of the house. I'm sorry that you had it. I truly am sorry that in my eyes, I had to take the cape off of you. Because <laughs> I was going to start recommending you for studies. They'd be like, do you want to be a superhero? Take a vial of Millie's blood and figure out what the fuck's up here. Yeah. Because I feel like post-sepsis, I'm like, wait, if you have sepsis, does that make you immune from fucking COVID? Look, <laughs> I, I, I thought about that, actually. I was like, yo, they pumped me full of so many bags of antibiotics that right. now I'm just immune to all kinds of shit. That's I literally thought that for like a minute. And then I, I'm like, no, I'm still a chump. I'm just nope, a chump. Nope. Not how the body works, just a chump like us. But I'm I'm gonna keep the cape on for other reasons. But I'm gonna take you have like a layer of capes on in my mind, so I'll just take <laughs> off the COVID cape, and you'll have your other ten capes that you can wear, and be super heroic. But just peeling off the COVID cape, folding it like an American flag at a army funeral. <laughs> I'm saluting. I'm that saluting emoji right now. Well, we have so many fucking great emails and voicemails, and I think I'm just going to jump in. Do it, girl. Because this is all about, bonuses are about you. Yeah. So let's give us some you. Yes. Um, our first email subject is FMK, Musicians My Dad Likes Acting in Movies. 
Hi, my favorite movie podcast ladies. No real intro, just diving in. Fuck, Mary kill. Sting as Fade, Rautha, Harkonnen, and Dune. Dwight Yoakam as Doyle, Hargreaves, and Slingblade. Tom Petty as Bridge City Mayor in The Postman. Love y'all, Katie. And I'm just going to say right off the bat, if you nerds have your typing fingers ready about how I just pronounced that name from Dune, don't even do it. I've never seen that movie. I've never seen any part of the Dune franchise, including Timothy Shalalame's upgraded one with Zendaya. I also have never seen The Postman. I had to look these motherfuckers up and see what they look like in these roles, but I was not about to spend any time thinking about how to, pro- how to pronounce that name. I am a nerd of the highest degree, and it <laughs> freaks people out when they find out I've never seen Dune. Ain't my thing. The Dude. spice must flow. The sand more. I, ain't my thing. <laughs> Listen, I was literally sitting here while you were reading that, like, thanking God above <laughs> that I didn't have to read this email because I wouldn't have been able to pronounce that shit. Like, I was like, I figured- I've never seen Dune either. So I figured I would fall on that sword since you had to record a commercial during COVID. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pronouncing Sting's name in Dune. He's fucking Sting to me in everything he ever acts in. So Yeah, exactly. I, like, we don't know these names, these character names. It's Sting. In real life, like for real people, I am dedicated to pronouncing a name correctly. In a yeah. movie with a character for a film that I've never seen, you'd get what you get. Yeah. Harkonnen. 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 Fade Routha. That hyphenated, this is why I, I ain't into Dune. Like, I took <laughs> one glimpse at that novel and I was like, are you fucking crazy? No. Yeah. Fade Routha Harkonnen. I've watched movies with more fucked up names. I've watched movies with more fucked up characters. That one, I, it just no interest. Yeah. It sounds like, like a, a Skarsgård cousin. Yeah. The only way I would even know how to pronounce that last name is because of I Love McConan, the guy, that <laughs> rapper. Going up on a Tuesday. So that's what I would have said, Harkonnen. I love Harkonnen. Oh, God. That could be wrong, though. If Look, if that rapper was in Dune, I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Me too. Me in too, a heartbeat. Dude. Give me that version of Dune. Yeah. So I, I don't even know how I'm going to answer these because I haven't seen two of these films, but I did look mm. them up. I did yeah. some had some due diligence, but I don't know if you want to go first and let us know what you're thinking. I'll take a stabby. Um... Yeah, I haven't seen Sling Blade since it came out and haven't seen the other two. I'm just basing it on a Google image search, okay? Um, I'm going to definitely fuck Sting because I think 80 <laughs> Sting is super hot. Even though I just looked him up in Dune and I was like, I don't really know about this hair, but whatever. Like, he's he's super hot in the 80s. Let's see. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, not going to change it. I'm going to marry Tom Petty in The Postman because I think Tom Petty's great. And I actually got really upset when he passed away. Me too. Yeah. He seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, he did. By all accounts. It was like, I still think about him, like, passing away. Like, I thought, yeah. God, how strange. And his music is just so quintessential. It's just such a huge part of childhood. Yeah, same. Ugh. And I actually, I don't want to kill Dwight Yoakam because I actually love Dwight Yoakam too. Uh, I'm going to go see him in concert actually in like next month. Damn, you're going to give Dwight Yoakam COVID? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mask up during that. That's so cold-blooded, Millie. You're like, I love him. <laughs> I'm going to wear my country and Western, my nudie suit mask because <laughs> I've never seen him before and I want to go yeah, so badly. That's going to be great. Yeah. 
but we're going to kill him uh, because <laughs> I I just saw pictures of him in Slick Blade and I'm like, ah, he looks kind of gross. Yeah? In that movie? <laughs> I just love the transition from, I'm so excited to see him, I can't wait, but I am going to kill him. Yes, but we are <laughs> killing him because he looks weird and gross and sling blade. Yeah. Um, so what's your answers now that I said mine? Now, I haven't seen two of them and I haven't seen sling blade in a very long time, but I think I remember Dwight Yoakam's character as being a creep, like a real nasty dude. Mm. Um, so I am going to fuck Tom Petty. Ooh. I will marry Sting. Because I'm assuming he's always out in the spice fields or whatever the fuck's going on in Dune. Wait, do they got spice fields? Is it like a dusty? Is it dusty? I don't know. It's dusty as fuck. He's always out in in the desert. I'm just going to assume. The fields of gold, I think is what you're thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) Among the fields of sandworms. And that means I'm killing Dwight Yoakam. Not because he's, I wouldn't fuck him or marry him, but because I think the character was a creep, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, so. de- definitely. Um, and, and I also forgot. Remember, he's in Crank. Yes. And he was a creep in that, too. So maybe a little bit of that peppered in. Very typecast. Yeah. Also, I, Katie, I just love the subject being musicians my dad likes acting in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Maybe I'm your dad. Katie. Like we might be your dad's age from the yeah. last sounds of this, which is bone chilling. <laughs> totally possible. Totally possible. But Katie, that was a real one. Thank you so much for sending it in. Thanks, Katie. That's awesome. Okay, so this next one, <laughs> this next one uh, is an audio voice memo. So let's play that right now. Hey, Millie and Danielle. I love to listen to your podcast while I work on sewing projects. And while I was listening to the hereditary episode, I was sewing myself a skirt. And I have these really vivid memories of being at my sewing table, cutting and pinning fabric pieces, and laughing hysterically at that absolute mindfuck of an episode. And I've realized that every time I wear this skirt, I think of y'all and I think of that episode and it brings me so much joy. I've started to just think of that skirt as my hereditary skirt. I also have an afghan I knitted while listening to the entire run of Charles Manson's Hollywood on You Must Remember This. But I never use this afghan. It has bad vibes. It's a Charles Manson afghan. So my question is, have you ever developed a really strong association, good or bad, between a project you're working on and the media you listen to while you worked on it? Sending lots of love from Vermont. Oh, that is such a great voicemail. Love it. And Jamie, who uses she, they pronouns, um, I do. And you know what? I don't know if this happens for anyone else, but for me, this happens a lot with books because I'll tend to like snack or whatever when I'm eating. And the first time it happens, like my strongest association with this is when I was in middle school and it was during the summer so it was before my, like a year before my grandparents kicked me out. We're like, you're 14, go to work. Um, <laughs> like kicked me out for the summer and was like, you ain't laying around here. It was like my last summer laying around reading books as a child. <laughs> and I read Stephen King's Needful Things. And I got $20 a week in allowance for doing hard labor, like getting down and scrubbing the kitchen floor on my actual knees because my grandma was wanted it done, but wasn't about to do it herself anymore. And now she has these two tweens in her life. So I got 20 bucks a week allowance and I would always blow it on 
Coca-Cola and a bag of Charms Blow Pop. So I would eat Blow Pops one after the other while reading Needful Things, which is a very thick book. Mm. And I can remember the burn of my mouth because you're not supposed to have more than one Blow Pop in one sitting. Like the acid kicks in. Mm. And I just remember like the feel of chomping through the, the lollipop and like trying to blow bubbles and my mouth was just like burning and it and I didn't stop. I just kept going because I was young and I was scared of what I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> and I just have the strongest association with that. Yeah. That's amazing, actually. Now I'm like racking my brain about this. For, okay, let me let me back it up a little bit because I want to talk about this. <laughs> Could we get Jamie? Because, you know, my entrepreneurial brain is always at work. Can we get Jamie to create hereditary skirts so we can sell them in our merch shop? <laughs> <laughs> what if it has the Charles Manson effect, though? The Charles Manson Afghan effect, where after a while it's like, oh, now now they've been conscribed into labor. Yeah. And this is no longer fun. Oh, I know. I mean, I, look, I wouldn't want to put haunted garments on our website. <laughs> But I like well, let's and I try know it. Her, her hereditary skirt is probably not a hereditary themed skirt, which is what no. I think I was kind of angling for. <laughs> that I would do. That I would do. Oh my God. I, I don't even want to go there necessarily, but if we had a hereditary themed skirt in our shop and it was like a specific scene that I'm thinking of, like we would break you know, the internet, is all I'm saying. You know what I'm putting on that skirt. Yeah. Tony Collette, piano wire. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, and honestly, like, I, I will say too, Jamie, to your point about that Charles Manson Hollywood series that Karina did for You Must Remember This. I told her this once a long time ago uh, because she was, she's really good about putting like, doing like a bibliography of, of mm. like stuff that she reads and listens to when she's doing episodes. And I ended up reading that Charles Manson biography that she basically used a lot for those episodes. Yeah. And it was the scariest book I've ever read in my life. And I could not sleep because I was so obsessed with like just everything. Cause prior to that, I hadn't really known much. I mean, I knew a little bit, but not like the details of his life. Of his life yeah. period, I didn't know anything about. But then when I read that book, I couldn't put it down. And it was so fucking scary and terrifying that I basically had nightmares for like two or three weeks. So Damn. I totally understand how you wouldn't want to put that Afghan on. After no. <laughs> what <laughs> um, they, they pull it up and it's like starts to strangle them. <laughs> <laughs> no, like. it's like so terrifying. Well, I, I have this a lot as a crafter. Yeah. Because I sit I'll sit down and do craft things that require a podcast or a yeah. movie or something else to kind of hold my attention. So I do remember when I was knitting my first sweater, um, this year like over 20 years ago, and I watched the movie Elizabeth, like the first one with Kate Blanchett. And so I have strong associations to that. Even when I rewatch it now, I'm like, ooh, sweater is warm, cozy. So that does happen. And then I knit a Doctor Who scarf a long, 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 long time ago. And it's, um, I don't know if you've probably seen them, but they're just, it's a very, very, it's a Tom Baker Doctor Who scarf. So it's a very, very long scarf, multiple colors, but it's just straight 
in a row. Like there's no design, there's no pattern, there's no cabling. It's just straight up knitting and it in a stockinette stitch if you can get it. But like, but mm. it's just a straight up basic stitch and it's really boring. And you're counting lines and measuring. So I remember. And the scarf ended up being like over six feet long and like it was very, very intensive scarf. So I remember watching uh, Buffy on DVD, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on DVD when I was knitting my Doctor Who scarf. Oh, why weren't you watching Doctor Who, Danielle? Because we we didn't have streaming back then. We had DVDs. Right. And I I couldn't (laughs) find the Doctor Who DVDs to do it. So, well, yeah. Well, what I will say, too, is even if you're not a crafter, I think it's interesting to have a—I think it's interesting and quite normal to, like, build associations with certain films and certain moments in your life, or like you were saying, certain items of clothing, or if you were driving somewhere, or—I think that's pretty pretty normal, too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great. Thanks, Jimmy. Is this next one you? Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. This subject of this email is— Bonus episode question. I love it. (laughs) Hello, ladies. If money were no object and you were able to hire any actor, director, writer, etc., what movies would you want to remake? Would it be a shitty movie you know you could have done better? Or maybe an old favorite with a new spin on it? Discuss. Apologies if you've already answered a question like this. Love the podcast and love you both. Liz from Pittsburgh. Thanks, Liz. That's a great question. What do you think? Do you have any ideas? Yeah. My for some reason my immediate thought was like they should remake Heat with drag queens. <laughs> That'd be so fucking good, wouldn't it? Or they should get like Todd Haynes to remake like <laughs> Roadhouse or something. <laughs> like let's just make it actually gay instead of hinting at it. I don't know. Right. This is a great question because this is like something that I think about all the time where I'm just sort of like, who would I get if I had my way? If I was a super producer in Hollywood, who would I get to remake things? Um, by the way, I know that you were abroad when this fucking shit popped off, but did you see the new trailer for the new Roadhouse remake? I actually haven't seen it yet. Uh-uh. I saw a still and his midsection looks very disturbing to me. So, it's already giving me non-Swayze vibes. Like, he looks sleazy. He looks so sleazy. And I'm like, if they have sleazed up Roadhouse, I am going to be livid. Okay, so that midsection. I'm not here to body shame Jake Gyllenhaal, okay? Hell like, no. Come on. He's, he looks, he probably looks great. He's apparently like an MMA fighter in this, oh. which is something I, al- I also have a problem with, by the way. Big time. Yeah. I mean, Dalton, as we know, is a PhD candidate. Like, there's, he doesn't need to be in the MMA. He's a brain. Our boy's a philosopher, which yes. doesn't mean you can't be both, but I doubt he's both. Yeah. I mean, it takes a long time to, you know, work your way through the MMA world. I just think that he yes. would be studying too hard to uh, be training as a uh, mixed martial arts guy. Come on. I can't wait to see it, but I, I have not seen the trailer. I will watch the, is it a show, a movie? I feel like it's a movie because I read that Doug Lyman, the director, said initially, I think it was supposed to be out in movie theaters and then whoever, I think it was Amazon or Netflix or something. So I think what happened was whoever the streamer was 
totally did not release it theatrically and just put it straight to straight to the streaming platform, oh. which apparently pissed him off. And there was like some conversation about the reason why he was mad was because he wanted Jake Gyllenhaal to win an Oscar for the movie and it needed to be booked in theaters in order to qualify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, that midsection, would we get like best midsection male? Having not seen even the trailer and having not watched the film, the hubris of that statement is astounding, especially <laughs> considering the source material. Nobody nowhere is winning an Oscar for any version of Roadhouse. <laughs> not even if Todd Haynes remade it. <laughs> if Todd Haynes remade it, possibly. <laughs> that is the only way. But look at the source material. Yeah. And what we're working with here. Yeah. That is absolutely the most hilarious statement I've heard in a very long time. Yeah. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal's, that poster, it was so disturbing because I was like, his his midsection looks like, like burnt taquitos that are roasted <laughs> on the spit at a gas station. Like, I was just kind of like, I love an old, crusty chest. Don't get me wrong. I love an old, crusty, weird old man muscle chest. But I think for me, it was just the posture. The posture is so <laughs> open-legged, open-shirt sleaze. And it's all, the whole posture is like, look at my stomach, bitch. And I'm like, I can't handle the energy coming off of this. This is not how I want to think of Jake Gyllenhaal or Roadhouse. It was, yeah, it was immediately like, enter into my crotch. Ladies and gentlemen, like, why don't you put your face on my roadhouse? Like, it's just like <laughs> it was too aggressive. It was way too aggressive imaging. OG Dalton did not feel as upfront sexualized as this did. Like, this felt very like this guy's about to fuck you. <laughs> like it or not. Whereas the posture on the original roadhouse poster is like arms crossed. Yes. Like, you know. He's a bouncer. Thank you. Come on. He's a protector. He's respectful. He yes. will respectfully kick your ass outside of the club, but yeah. only if you start shit with him first. He just wants you out of there. He knows what's up. He's yeah. a bouncer for hire and in demand. Yeah. This this imagery of this poster was like was just like I might be a bouncer when I feel like it. Yeah. But I'm mostly just like a it. sleazy guy that was going to you know, try to fuck you. Mostly you're the kind of guy that I cover my drink around. <laughs> exactly. It's like, don't this about those rules. Thank you. Jake, those rules look like they went out the window. I love a Todd Haynes remake, though. I that too. sounds dope. I, I think the only answer I have for this question, or I should say the first thing that sprang to mind was, I would do a remake of Gleaming the Cube only with those Indian girl street skaters. Yeah. <laughs> And then the final boss, like Christian Slater character, would be the 80-year-old woman who skates, <laughs> holding on to like a back of a bumper. And it would have a totally different plot that actually made sense that did not involve the mafia or killing <laughs> teenagers. So that's one version of Gleaming the Cube that I would remake. The other remake that I would do is exactly the same actors, exactly as old as they are now, reprising every fucking role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Make those people come back out of retirement and re <laughs> relive Bring, the glory days. 
<laughs> Bring Tony Hawk's fused spine out in that pizza truck. <laughs> Let's see. Fused <laughs> spine. Let's bring out his cracked leg. Yes. His fucking femur cracked Let's in get- half. Let's get that torn ACL out. I, I am talking so much shit about men who even in their elderly years and at their worst are still in better shape than I've ever been in my entire life. But I'm just saying. Oh, Tony Hawk with COPD would be healthier than me now. <laughs> Let's get serious. So. I think it would be a great movie. I think those motherfuckers could still skate. I think it would yeah. be fucking sweet as hell to see, but let's bring them out. That's the only other, because otherwise I'm against remakes. I don't think any movie needs to be remade. Yeah. Um, like just enjoy it in the way that it was given to us and yeah. deal with it. Just every movie, deal with it. That would be my yeah. tagline for every movie. Yeah. People were like, speaking of p- tagging, people were tagging us a lot when that Roadhouse um, trailer came out. Because they were like, you got to do a, uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should, even though you've already did the original Roadhouse on an episode. And I was like, I think this is too deep for us. I think this is too emotional. We wouldn't be be able to get through the episode. I feel like we'd be so keyed up, you know? It would be pure slander. Just an hour and a half, two hours of pure yeah. slander. And I don't have it in me. There you go. So great question, Liz. Good job. Okay, this next one from Chrisinda. She, her pronouns. Subject is question for the pod. Hi, Danielle and Millie. First off, I absolutely love the podcast. You regularly bring me to tears with laughter. I recently was listening to your Chucky flying first class episode while dusting ceiling fans and had to get down off the stepladder lest I meet an untimely but joyous end. My question, in your FMK Buscemi edition, you said that his Fargo character was super stylish. I love costume design, and I totally agree. One of my favorite things about his style is how weather-inappropriate it is. You know he is a live wire based on that alone. With that said, who do you think are some other stylish on-screen characters Stylishly, Chrisinda. Great question. Cool. Um, naturally, Goldie Hawn and Overboard before, oh, like <laughs> on the yacht and in the woods. <laughs> that like epaulette number on the yacht with the bathing suit. Don't even with the tight bun. Like that was the height of hilarious luxury to me. Yeah, she looked awesome in that movie. Absolutely. I also think that uh, Anne Bancroft in The Graduate. Yeah. Is a very stylish character. Classics, classics. I mean, I'm always going to point to uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, Definitely in Boom, she's got the best outfits in the movie Boom from 1968. Headpieces, you know, you've probably seen it now because it's kind of became a meme, but she's got this like giant fucking intricate white kind of pokey headpiece that she wears at one point. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, there's so many. Like, listen, when it comes down to it, sometimes I will like a movie because of the outfits, and it's not that good. Generally. <laughs> You're like, I just enjoy what I'm looking at. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it is about that. Sometimes it's like, oh man, these outfits are great. The mood is great. The vibe is great. But this movie, I guess, if you <laughs> if you stripped all of those things away, maybe not so great. It's a visual medium. I don't know. Style goes a long way to me. So. Absolutely. I think Pam Greer and Coffee 
Had some banging outfits, classic, totally stylish. Yeah, big fan of that Goldie Hawn 80s where, I mean, obviously we talk about Working Girl a lot on this podcast, you know. I just rewatched Ruthless People. Have, oh, <laughs> do you remember seeing goodness. Ruthless People as a kid? Yes, I do. Yeah, there were some good Bette Midler outfits in Ruthless People. So yeah, I just love, I love style too. And I, you know, like I said, I think sometimes like, a character in a movie is more likable when they're stylish, even if they're a bad person. You know, I yeah. don't know. It just affects. I do. I do love what Chrisinda's pointed out here, which is that you know everything about that character based on the fact that he was so inappropriately dressed for the weather in Fargo. Yeah, for sure. Says a lot. Says a lot. Yeah. The first time I went to Albuquerque with my friend Jen, who listens to the pod. Hi, Jen. Hey. She was moving there, and I was I was helping her move her cats and. I was coming from New York, and I thought, oh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, warm. I've driven through there before in the summer. I landed and immediately had to go to Target and buy a coat. It was the coldest place I've ever been. It was like 30 degrees. It was fucking frigid. And I was like, we are in the desert, right? And she's like, yeah, you remember how deserts are not just hot all year, right? And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah. So yeah, being inappropriately dressed for weather says a lot about a person. And for me, it said I did not look at any tech before I left and got on that plane. (laughs) I love it. Well, Christina, thank you. Great question. Up next, we have another voicemail from Sky. Yes. Hi, Millie and Danielle. My name is Sky. I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And I just listened to your episode about accents. And I just came across a phrase that would see if I have an accent. So let's see. Coffee costs a quarter at the corner store. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cute. I can't take it. (laughs) Oh my God. The sky laughed. (laughs) (laughs) The sky, that was amazing. Oh, what a delight. What a delight. Coffee costs a quarter at the corner store. Right. You try it. Okay. Do it. <clears throat> Coffee cost a quarter at the corner store. Okay. Anything? A little bit. Yeah? Yeah, a little bit. I would say better than me. I'm Coffee sure. Coffee cost a quarter at the corner store. Co- I, I would even... say coffee costs a quarter. Uh-oh. Coffee costs a quarter at the corner store. Oh, you sound like high English, like the crown. Mm. But if I were exaggerating, be like coffee cost <laughs> a quarter. At the corner store. What the hell? What even is that? I don't know. <laughs> is that my like weird Boston accent coming back? I don't, I don't know. I love that it's not even Southern, which is where you are from. <laughs> like at all. No tinge of Southern at all. You're like, I'm going immediately Northeast. <laughs> Coffee costs a quarter at the corner store. Corner. I, didn't, I never realized I said corner like that. When you say corner, it really pops. For you. Yeah. I never realized they said it like that. Corner. Yeah. Coffee cuts a quarter at so the corner. Sky's cute. I love that it. That was the most adorable fucking voicemail we've ever received. Yeah. Sky, that was hilarious. And you definitely have a New York accent. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I was going to say. Mission accomplished. <laughs> All right. So let me read this next one. Okay. Uh, this one is from Kyla. She, they pronouns. Kyla's from Winnipeg, Canada. We love Canada. Uh, The subject is praise from the world of disability. 
Hi, Millie and Danielle. I found your podcast in the last six months, and it's been such a joy to dip into the world of film, your friendship, and the fuck Mary kills that I didn't know I needed. I wanted to share my own flavor of thanks for how forthcoming you've been about what you've all been going through, from the gauntlet of home renovations to unemployment. It has been so life-giving to hear smart, hilarious folks candidly discussing this cycle of waiting, processing, grieving, coming back to hope, then trying again in spite of it all. The cycle exactly mirrors so much of my own experience as a self-employed neurodivergent person living with chronic pain and disability, and as the mom of a brilliant, sweet, disabled six-year-old with high support needs who can't access school. Your conversations remind me of the best moments that I have had with my disabled and chronically ill friends as we navigate life in the middle of change that we didn't choose, and where there's no easy out, just compassion and dark humor as we move through it. Please keep the podcast and FMKs coming. You two are absolute maniacs in the best way and make the world a better place. Very warmly, Kyla from Winnipeg, Canada. Oh, Kyla, that is the sweetest thing. Yeah. That's so nice. It is not easy. I mean, even living in a place with much better health care than we have, it's the world that we live in doesn't really cater to disability at all of any kind. And I can imagine that having to do so while you're also addressing the needs of your own disabled child who has high support needs and can't access school must feel like an uphill battle on a regular basis uh, just to get basic care to yourself and your kids. So I'm glad that we could lighten that load a little bit just by listening to us. Um, But also, it is hard to come back to hope. It's hard to go through the gauntlet of life right now. And I feel like we're all kind of going through it. So yeah, I feel like, you know, my, my problems pale in comparison. Uh, <laughs> my issues pale in comparison. Um, but I just, I don't know, it makes me feel nice that we're able to be a bright spot in people's day. Yeah, I agree. It's always like, I don't know, I get sort of, uh, I have moments sometimes when I come to the podcast and I kind of go towards the more personal side of things for me where I'm like, I don't know, sometimes I get scared, I think, to talk about it. But then when I get emails like this, it reminds me like, you know, it's just nice to be able to connect with people sometimes. And I don't know, sometimes you're like talking into a microphone into the void and you don't know like what people are going to react to. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad that you sent this message, Kyla, because it kind of reminds me to, uh, that, people care and we care and, you know, I don't know, just a nice, nice thing to hear sometimes. So thank you. Completely. And hang in there. Yeah. Keep going through the cycle, but hopefully there's more on the end of hope uh, than there is on the other side. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Our last email. Yeah. Has no subject. Yeah. On the morning of June 16th, 2021, I made the decision to get sober. I spent the remainder of the day frantically preparing to check into a 30-day rehab stay, starting the next day. As a little high-five from the universe, my pre-ordered copy of The Ugly Cry arrived that day. It was the first of many books I read during that transformative month and brought me back to a sense of honesty and freedom, from shame, from expectations, that I used to feel in my own writing. Rediscovering my passion for writing was an incredible gift. Being newly sober is every cliche, like walking around without skin, a clam without its shell, etc. And I had been a problem drinker since college, and I was 36 in the summer of 2021, so I had to re-learn how to be an adult in sobriety. 
Why are there so many feelings? This is not what I signed up for. Having a month's glut of I saw what you did backlog was instrumental in keeping me grounded. Between my standing weekly therapy appointment and new episodes of the pod, Tuesdays were the best day of the week during that first year. There have been so, so many times in the subsequent two and a half years when I have found myself in situations that I truly have no idea what to do about. And part of my thought process includes, could this decision possibly result in a baby girl, what is you doing plot point? Because truly, baby girl did not know what she was doing. Hmm. Too long didn't read. I will be forever grateful to have had the two of you as role models as I learned how to be a sober adult. Kate, who uses she, her pronouns. Wow. Oh, that one gets me. Yeah. That is intensely beautiful in so many ways, Kate. I'm really proud of you for being on this journey, for figuring out how to restart your life and relive your life in a way that gives you some clarity and some, hopefully some peace. Um, sobriety is not easy, as you have said. Um, being 36 and feeling like you're learning everything about how to be a person takes effort every minute of the day. And again, we live in, I'm not sure where you live, but we live in a culture generally that is constantly pushing the things that people are trying to recover from. So just being out in the world is dangerous, probably feels very dangerous the first first few weeks, years, months. But this is just such a, I don't know, it's a, very, it's a, it's a really beautiful email. I know it has a lot of pain points in there, but I'm just really proud of you, Kate. And that we could have been a part of that at all just makes me kind of reevaluate what we're even doing here and how important it is to people. Yeah. Because I don't ever consider that. I just think, you know, I'm just talking to my friend being a goofball, but it's, again, just as we had talked about before with Kyla's email, I think it's really nice to remember that um, we're also connecting to you guys and Again, that we could be any part of that tremendous process that you're going through is a, a really nice compliment to us, but I think more of a compliment to 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 you and to your tenacity. Yeah, I uh, we're very proud of you, Kate, and we're just very honored that we're part of this uh, sobriety journey for you. I I love that. And wow, wow, you picked these emails. Wow, these are good. <laughs> like I don't know. This is like how you feeling, Millie? <laughs> I'm in my feelings. Yeah, I'm. I'm in them. I'm like this. You know, I just. I don't know. I love. I love our listeners, and I love when they reach out to us and, you know, tell us a little something about them. And yeah, it just makes you feel like you're connecting with people, and I just love that because we're very lucky to be here. So I think so too. I completely agree, and I think it's the opposite of like a lot of people. Th- write in and say they have a parasocial relationship with us. But I think from our perspective, since it's just you and I talking to each other, it feels like we have an antisocial relationship <laughs> with people because we don't know who they are. So it's, we don't know who we're talking to ever. Yeah. Uh, so it's really nice to hear from people in any capacity for that reason. But especially like Millie just said, if you tell us things about yourself and make us feel connected, it's really a nice reminder that you're part of our world as much as we're part of your world. So yeah. Well, Danielle, Aww. quite a, a mailbag this week. It was beautiful. If you want to email us, we are at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And uh, we also have a P.O. box if you want to send us handwritten letters. And you can find the address for our P.O. box on our link tree, which we have posted on our Instagram account. 
And you can find us on all our socials at Isawpod, Instagram, Blue Sky, Twitter, all of them. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail to play on the show, as you have heard. All you have to do is record a voice memo on your phone and email it to I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. Do not send it to the other saw podcast. Um, and please make it <laughs> please make it 60 seconds or less. And please record it in a quiet space. That's right. We also have merch. Go to the exactly right store.com to find it. By the way, I feel like we do have some gimme the B of the D sweatshirts left, maybe. And I have been wearing the fuck out of it. Like, this is so sad. Yes. I, it's so comfortable. And then I realize, oh, this is weird. I can't wear this in public because then people will be like, what is this thing? And I'm like, that's me. That's my podcast. <laughs> and then I'm what that is this? Like, Let me tell you. Walking around with a billboard for my own podcast. <laughs> and people will be like, God, that lady just promotes her shit so much. Coming soon to the merch store. It is. It's so comfortable. Yeah. Look, I wear it on planes. I love it. Coming soon to the merch store, aside from the hereditary skirt, we're going to have sandwich boards. <laughs> Just walk around with a sandwich board. True old school advertising. <laughs> Get on a plane with that sandwich board. Hell and, yeah, uh, check it. It'll be totally fun. You don't have to check it or anything. Carry on. Carry on sandwich board is the next wave of merch. <laughs> And look, you're listening to a bonus episode right now, so you know they drop on the main feed every Thursday of the every third Thursday of the month. Not every Thursday, that would kill us. Every third Thursday of the month. <laughs> As always, Danielle, a fucking pleasure doing this bonus episode with you, this podcast with you. I'm glad you're back from Jamaica. I missed you. I missed you too. I'm glad you're feeling better. Sort of. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> You're like, listen back to this episode and tell me that again. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> this has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Episode mixing and theme music by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at I Saw Pod. And you can email us at I Saw What You Did Pod at Gmail. 